What is up, everybody? This is Adam, and this is episode three of the Fouled Out podcast. Welcome back. Um, football season's over. First couple episodes were all about football and the Super Bowl. So we're going to dive into some NBA today. Uh, I got a very special guest coming on near the end of the pod, uh, my nephew, Marshall Kincaid. Uh, he's just getting into basketball. He's been watching for just about a year now. He's a big uh, Suns and Philadelphia 76ers fan. Don't ask me how he came up with those two teams, but uh, those are the teams he likes. He's really into uh, Devin Booker as well. Um, and also, just before we get started, uh, Anchor told me that I have a listener over in Wales. So quick shout out to Wales. Uh, you guys got a sick flag. Happy to have you aboard. Let's go. All right. So like I said, no more football for a little bit. Um, We're going to get into the NBA here, at least up until uh, March Madness and NCAA basketball, which is something that I look forward to every year. Um, So taking a look at the season, there's a couple of storylines I wanted to talk about. And number one is the best team in the NBA right now, the Utah Jazz. Um, There's a lot of controversy surrounding them last year, and uh, they had a pretty tumultuous offseason. For those of you who don't know, the Jazz were the first team to officially contract COVID last year. And a lot of people uh, kind of looked at them as the team that shut down the league, whether that's fair or not, um, really isn't. And a lot of it centered around their center, Rudy Gobert. Those of you who don't know, Rudy Gobert is a pretty good player, not the best player, but really good on defense, Um, you know, definite drawbacks on offense. But he was the first player to officially contract COVID. And there was a bit of a falling out between him and the Jazz's superstar Donovan Mitchell uh, based on the way that Rudy Gobert acted in the locker room after he had tested positive for COVID. And you got to think back, this is really before we knew a lot about COVID, but uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, saw some of Rudy Gobert's antics as immature. Uh, You know, apparently after he tested positive, he was uh, rubbing other people's stuff on his face, like clothes and messing with other people's bags and coughing on their lockers, things of that nature. Um, you know, and Donovan Mitchell ended up getting COVID as well. So um, he was pretty pissed at Rudy. These guys been playing together for a couple of years. They were the two uh, most prominent stars on Utah. Um, Utah is a pretty small market too. So they really couldn't afford to have a rift between these guys. So there was a lot of speculation after Utah's first round playoff exit this past year that uh, Rudy Gobert was going to be traded. He had one year left on his contract, which was going to be this year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was mad at him. And from all the reports, um, the relationship between the two of them was unreconcilable. They, Donovan Mitchell was so mad that it was never going to work out ever again. Um, so there's a lot of speculation about where Gobert would go. What he was not really viewed as a max player in the NBA or, a, you know, superstar caliber player, but he's an all-star and he's a former defensive player of the year. So, you know, he's not a bad player either. And instead of trading him, the jazz ended up giving him the largest extension for a center in the history of the NBA, uh, five years, $205 million. Um, so this is a pretty controversial move in the off season. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell is the center of this franchise and doing something that's going to piss him off or make him want to leave is the last thing that the jazz want to do. Um, so it's a, it's a big move. There's a lot of Chris criticism about the move. Um, you know, if you've been keeping up with Shaquille O'Neal, he's been extremely critical of Rudy Gobert, uh, on the court and Donovan Mitchell was pretty critical of him off the court as well. And there's some other news about, um, Rudy Gobert really wanted to be a max player, really wanted to uh, get that big contract. And for those who don't know, a a max player is someone who receives a max contract, which is the most amount of money you're allowed to give a player, which of course is what Rudy Gobert received with his $205 million deal. 
So Rudy Gobert wanted to be seen as a max player, and he thought to do that, he needed more touches on offense. Well, the Jazz disagreed. They wanted him to be happy. They wanted him to stay around. Uh, so they gave him a massive extension. And after all of that, um, a lot of people really questioned what kind of season they were going to have. Um, and they're off to one of, if not the best starts in the history of the franchise. They're currently 23-5. and five. They have the best record in the NBA. Uh, and they're obviously in first place in the West. They're about two games up on the LA Lakers and LeBron James right now. Not only do they have a great record, but they've won 19 of their last 20 games. And their average margin of victory is 9.4 points per game. 9.4 points per game as a margin of victory is a lot. So that's number one in the league as well. And what that says about the Jazz is not only are they beating people, they're beating people by a lot. They're beating them by the highest margin in the game. You know, you look at them and one of the thoughts is that this winning streak that they're on, like I said, they've won 19 of the last 20 games. A lot of the teams that they've beat in that winning streak are under 500. But on the year, they're 10 and three against teams that have a record of 500 or better. So they're doing well against the good teams. They're beating up on the bad teams. That's everything that you want to see out of a basketball team. Um, One of the major keys for them is that they are attempting the most threes per game and they're making the most threes per game. Uh, They're shooting at about a 39.5% clip. So it's a really interesting team to keep an eye on after all of the drama that they went through this offseason. I was really critical about the Rudy Gobert extension. I did not think it was the right move for them, Uh, but they are a small market team. And when you play in a small market like they do, it's really hard to attract free agents. Um, You know, it's not LA, it's not New York. um, It's not even Boston or Miami, it's Utah. It's not, you know, how many NBA superstars want to go to Utah to play, Uh, but they've been great. And they did a really good job of not only drafting well, getting guys like Donovan Mitchell with the 12th pick in the draft. uh, And Rudy Gobert was also a late pick, but they've taken these guys and they've done a really good job of adding players around them. Uh, They gave up a really small package of players and picks for Mike Conley in a trade to Memphis last year, uh, the year before. They also signed uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, who's been a big key for them. And they've drafted guys like Joe Ingles, you know, who's another guy who was not renowned and he, Joe Ingles really struggled when he came into the league as well and they kept him around. So they've built a good core. They've used uh, free agency and trades to really top off a young core and they're starting to reap the rewards. Um, and for those of you who don't remember or don't know, Donovan Mitchell was incredible in the playoffs last year too, against the Nuggets. They uh, Jazz got eliminated in the first round in seven games against the Nuggets, but uh, they were, you know, a buzzer beater away from making the next round and possibly being the team that upset the Clippers instead of the Nuggets. So I think they're a really interesting team to watch. Uh, I do think they are legitimate. You know, we're 28 games into the season, which is uh, nearly halfway this year since we're only playing 72. And I think if they can keep up this three-point shooting, uh, like I said, they're shooting 39% on the most attempts in the league. 42.4 per game. If they can keep shooting at that clip, they're going to be able to beat some really good teams and they may have a shot at a title, which is not something that you've been able to say about Utah uh, pretty much since Stockton and Malone were there and they lost in the finals to Michael Jordan. So they're, uh, they're an interesting team for sure. They play the Clippers twice in the next couple days. And then they have the Lakers coming up as well, who are, uh, third and second in the West, respectively. So it's going to be a really interesting team to keep an eye on. And the way they built, I think is fascinating for a small market team. Um, Like I said, they're not attracting big time free agents. They're not getting the LeBrons of the world. So they have to build through the draft and they have to build through uh, small free agent signings. And they decided the best way to do this is to not only develop these guys that they draft, but keep them around long-term in the case of Rudy Gobert and, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell is going to be there for a long time, too. On the flip side of that, uh, we also have the Washington Wizards. <clears throat> We're 8-17. and 17. Uh, They're close to the bottom of the league. And they have a homegrown superstar as well uh, in Bradley Beal, who is leading the league in scoring at 33.1 points per game. 
on one of the league's worst teams. So really, you know, they brought in Russell Westbrook in the offseason. They traded away uh, homegrown star John Wall and a first-round pick to bring in uh, aging point guard and Russell Westbrook. It's an interesting trade because John Wall had torn his Achilles uh, twice. You know, he hadn't been back from the first Achilles, Achilles tear when he retore it. So nobody really knew how he was going to do. And instead of bringing him back in a Wizards jersey, uh, as soon as he was eligible, they shipped him off. Uh, you know, that's that's another guy who's homegrown in a small market. Those are the type of guys that you typically want to hang on to. Um, but to be fair, maybe not so much after two Achilles tears. Uh, for those of you who know me, I have a phobia of my Achilles, so I'm cringing every time I say this. So, so Bradley Beal, though, uh, 33.1 points per game, leading the league. Uh, he was incredible last year as well, but the Wizards have not had any success with him. So there's another question. Just like the Jazz extended Rudy Gobert, what do you do? Do you keep this guy around or do you trade him? Do you try to rebuild? And he, Beal doesn't want to be traded. He said that he doesn't want out of Washington, which is something that's really amazing in this day and age. You know, we've seen superstars like Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis demand trades over the last couple of years. Uh, Davis going so far as to say that he wouldn't play until he was traded. Um, you know, we just had James Harden this year who absolutely dogged it on the court until he was traded. You know, he was not playing his hardest and he had some off the court issues that I won't get into on here. You guys can go and look up uh, what he was busy spending his time doing when he wasn't playing and practicing, but yeah, he dogged it until they traded him to the nets and Bradley Beal's been the opposite of that. He's been playing phenomenally and there's a ton of teams out there who want him. And instead he's committed to Washington. He, uh, he signed an extension uh, recently too to stay there for a while. So gets into a debate of how do you build your team? Do you, when you're struggling, do you keep these guys around? Um, at least in the jazz case, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert were consistently making the playoffs for the last few years. Um, you know, they had a good record. So running it back with Gobert wasn't crazy, but the wizards have a chance to get a massive package of picks and young players back for Bradley Beal. Um, you know, it could be from a team like the Nuggets or the Philadelphia 76ers. Like I said, there's a ton of teams that want him and they'd be willing to give up a lot. Uh, but he doesn't want out. So I think that's something that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on as the trade deadline approaches. Uh, and if they don't trade him, what's the plan in Washington? Do they keep building around Beal? Do they trade him in the offseason? Uh, and how do you go about building around him because you're not a free agent destination. Washington has struggled record-wise for the last few years. It's another smaller market team, um, even though Washington is much bigger uh, city than where the Utah Jazz play. But, you know, one thing they can do, and one thing that we've seen other teams do very well the last couple of years, is take a look at uh, high upside, high pedigree guys who have really struggled um, in their current homes or in their first homes, second homes in the NBA. So something that other teams have had a lot of success with. Uh, we're seeing Julius Randle really break out in New York this year. Um, his stats aren't all that much better than what they've been the last few years, but he's uh, having a big impact on wins this season, something that we haven't seen from the Knicks in a little while. Um, and his stats, his stats are better, but, uh, Julius Randle, someone who struggled a lot with the Lakers after they drafted him, um, so much so that when LeBron came, they actually let him go and he signed with the Pelicans. We saw him break out a little bit with the Pelicans. Um, but his real breakout came when he left there and went to the Knicks. So they've had some success with him, uh, even though they're tailing off a little bit now, they started the season pretty well, uh, but their records going in the wrong direction. Not really Julius's fault, though. There's not a whole lot of depth, not a whole lot of great players on that team. Um, you know, other examples, Brandon Ingram, another guy who struggled after being drafted high in L.A., and he's done really well for himself in New Orleans. And even Victor Oladipo uh, was drafted by the Magic second overall. 
a couple of years ago and he struggled a lot in Orlando. He was traded to the Thunder and he struggled a lot there as well. And then finally uh, went to the Pacers and broke out with the Pacers. So something that these small market, smaller market teams, uh, I think at least they should do is try to get these high pedigree guys who are in their maybe third or fourth year in the NBA and are still struggling. Um, you know, I think some really good examples of this guys who might be on the market with the trade deadline coming up are uh, Lonzo Ball down in New Orleans. There's been some rumors swirling around about him potentially coming to the Pistons for about a year now. And I think that'd be a great move for the Pistons to at least get their hands on this guy cheap, a uh, guy who's a former number two overall pick in the draft. Bring him in and try to see what he's got. Uh, Lori Markkinen hasn't been happy in Chicago for a couple years. He was drafted a little bit later in the lottery, but Again, another really talented guy who uh, hasn't really struggled as much statistically in Chicago, but Chicago, you know, they've been bad the last couple of years and, uh, you know, you might be able to get him a little cheaper than he should. And finally, uh, Mo Bamba down in the, uh, down in Orlando. Sure that a lot of people haven't heard about him in a while. He was pretty hyped up prospect coming out of Texas. Uh, believe he was drafted fifth in the NBA draft and he hasn't even seen a starting lineup since he's been in Orlando. So these are the type of guys, uh, if I was a team like the wizards and I decided I didn't want to trade Beal away and I wanted to keep my homegrown star, I start looking at guys like that to pair him with, um, you know, other smaller franchises, uh, who don't play in big markets, uh, or teams that are rebuilding even, uh, like I mentioned the Pistons potentially going after Lonzo ball. Um, those are the type of guys that I think you want to get and start building around. Um, you know, these guys were drafted high for a reason and they just may not have had, they may not have found the right situation in the NBA yet. And it may not be until their fourth, fifth, sixth year, like Julius Randall, he's taken, you know, five or six years to really break out. Uh, and he may become an all-star for the first time this year. So these guys need time. Um, you know, it's a big learning curve to, go from playing high school basketball to playing one year of college. Now, all of a sudden you're in the NBA playing against the greatest athletes in the world. Um, they need time. You got to get them into the right system. Um, you know, and they, they could be cheap right now because they've struggled. Like, especially someone like Lonzo ball, it's probably not going to take a huge package of, uh, picks to get him, but he's someone who could break out. Like we're, we're seeing his little brother, Lamelo. Uh, kill it this year in Charlotte and Lonzo may not be as good as him, but he has a similar skill set. So I would go after these guys um, just for the record They'd work in the front office in Washington. I would trade Bradley Beal. Um, they don't have much there around him. And uh, they just traded his best friend, John Wall uh, in the off season. So I don't know if that's the right place for him. Maybe it's time to take another swing, but who knows? That's uh, Bradley Beal's the type of guy that you're trying to build around. So that's, that's my thoughts on the early season of the NBA. You know, we'll, we'll get into more detail on some of these other teams, but you know, there's just a couple key things that are sticking out to me. The jazz killing it. Um, you know, we're going to find out a lot about them and see if they're a legitimate contender. I think they are based on the margin of victory of 9.4 points being the best in the league. Um, and the way they're shooting the three ball right now. Beal situation in Washington, I think, is going to have a massive impact on who wins the NBA finals um, and how far a lot of teams go in the playoffs. If he gets traded somewhere like Denver and they can have Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal, and Jokic all playing together, that's, that's going to be a heck of a squad to contend with. Uh, you know, and Denver is someone that could put a package together for him. Or Philadelphia might want to. You know, they might be regretting missing out on James Harden now that he's on the Nets and maybe they're willing to send Ben Simmons up to Washington, try to get Bradley Beal back. So it's a couple of big things to keep an eye on. Um, got Marshall coming up here as well. Going to go over uh, some all-star voting, some teams that we think are contenders and uh, get some picks on record since we didn't do that before. this. All right. Joining me live in the studio is my nephew, Marshall. He's our first live guest on the podcast. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Good. Good. Good is a good answer. That's what we like to hear. Uh, so like I mentioned in the opening, 
Marshall has been getting really into the NBA over the course of what the last year, the last two years. Um, why don't you tell everybody why you started watching basketball? Your phone called NBA Live, and I had a guy named Tyler Johnson who just kept draining threes. So I got into the Suns, and I started liking Devin Booker, and that was really it. So Tyler Johnson, uh, if you happen to hear this, you have a super fan over here. Yeah, that's that's not dissimilar to how I got into sports too. I started playing the games, and you start uh, rooting for certain guys, and you you get your teams that way. So anyway, I'm excited that you're watching basketball. Um, we'll get you into the other sports too. We'll get you back on the podcast doing football next year. And no, maybe baseball someday. No, definitely not baseball. So you know, Marshall lives locally here. Uh, we're in the Metro Detroit area, and something that kind of news that broke. Uh, I think last week or the week before was that uh, Detroit Pistons point guard Derek Rose was traded over to the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. in a second round pick. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Derek Rose leaving? Because I know you're a big fan of his. Uh, I thought that it was good for him, except his first his first two games they played him, they benched him. So I don't know if they're trying to win him six man of the year or something. <laughs> Their first award in like 20 years. But, I mean, they might get Mason Cruz with Julius Randle as well. They probably will. We just uh, we just talked about Julius Randle a little while ago, too, and what a great season he's having. So uh, it's nice that they got him some help. The Knicks have been struggling lately, uh, especially because they lack depth. So mm-hmm. having Derrick Rose over there is going to be fun, and he's been playing well. Um, like you said, he's coming off the bench, which is a little bit weird, but they have some young guards over there who they want to get minutes for. They yeah. want to develop, and I think Derek Rose is a great guy to come in and teach them how to show them the ropes and teach them how to play good NBA basketball. I really think he can find a home on the Knicks on, for a second time playing for the Knicks. Second time with the Knicks, third time playing for Coach Tom Thibodeau, who he played for in Chicago as well. So this is their different stop. He played with him. Uh, he played for him in Minnesota, too, back when Derek Rose was in Minnesota. But. Maybe Joakim Noah will come out of retirement. Hey, let's get the band back together. Luau Dang's probably out there somewhere too, right? You know, good luck, Derek. We uh, we all love you over here. Um, we'll miss you in Detroit, but yeah, good luck with the Knicks. So, uh, besides Derek Rose, the other other big news in the NBA lately has been that All Star voting, uh, second round of All Star voting, came in today. Did you vote? No, you didn't vote. You have to put in your address. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll get you voting next year. Uh, You know, the only thing that really stuck out to me from the all-star voting is uh, the fans who vote, you know, it's all, it's all fan driven. So they're all voting for their favorite players, LeBron James and Steph Curry. A lot of votes. Alex Caruso is getting a lot of votes. Um, You know, one thing that stands out is that a lot of fans vote for the guys with the best statistics. Um, you know, Marshall and I looked earlier today and Luka Doncic has gotten 2 million more votes than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's on the best team in the league right now, record-wise. Yeah. The Utah Jazz. And Luka's team has really been struggling. Yeah, well, he has no help with them. And the Mavericks, Kristaps hasn't been that good lately. Yeah, the Kristaps trade has been tough. And I think the extension's even tougher. I wonder if they would uh, take that one back if they could, because they gave away a couple first round picks and some salary to get Chris Dobbs. And at the time it was a big move, but like you said, he's really not helping Luke out that much right now, especially when he's hurt. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you had voted for all-star, who would you, who would you vote for? Give uh, me favorite guard in the West. On the West, I would say Steph Curry and Devin Booker for my two guards. Okay. What about front court players? Would you vote for LeBron? No. It's uh, not a big LeBron fan. You'll uh you'll have fans around here in Detroit. Not a not a lot of LeBron fans here, so they'll be rooting for you, Marshall. Probably Nikola Jokic. I'm pretty sure he's in the West. Yep. Definitely Nikola Jokic. Uh he's having my, an MVP caliber season. In my opinion, a lot of people don't agree with this, but Draymond Green. Ooh. <laughs> Draymond, kind of an all-around player. The uh, the stats aren't there, but he's I don't know. He's been pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, except for him shooting for the from the logo to win the game, <laughs> I would say Kawhi. 
In Kawhi? Okay, so no no votes for LeBron James. We're going with Draymond Green over LeBron James. What about the East? Do you got any thoughts on who you'd vote for in the East? Um, Tyler Johnson and Ben Simmons as the guards. Our Marshall All-Star Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Um, I'd vote for Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Giannis. Giannis, okay. Those are pretty good teams. I don't I don't know if Tyler Johnson's going to make the all-star team this year, but again, Tyler, if you hear this, you got to vote, man. You got to vote. I don't think I would do anything too crazy different. I'd probably vote for LeBron in the West. He's been great this year and he's uh, over Kawhi over Kawhi for sure. LeBron is uh, the leading MVP candidate uh, by a lot of people's uh, estimate right now. So yeah. And then in the East I'd throw Bradley Beal on there. Um, we talked about Bradley Beal a little bit earlier. He's having a great season, even though his team is really struggling. But over Ben Simmons, um, probably over Tyler Johnson. I oh. think. I think. But I don't know. Maybe I'll vote for Tyler Johnson too. We'll we'll start a campaign, grassroots campaign on the Fouled Out podcast for Tyler Johnson to make the All Star team. If you're listening to this, go out, vote Tyler Johnson in his two points per game. He had so seven, He had 17 points per game. Uh, 17 points yesterday. I don't, uh, I'm pretty sure it was against the Suns. Oh, yeah, it was against the Suns. Against his former team, a little revenge game there for Tyler Johnson. Yeah. So, well, besides that, we uh, we had mentioned that LeBron is the leading MVP candidate right now. Um, you and me did not get picks on the air before the season started, obviously with the podcast just starting lately. Um who do you think is going to win MVP? You think it's going to be LeBron? Picking someone else. I'm taking Steph Curry. Steph is uh, certainly having a great season. Um, 30.1 points per game, uh, five rebounds, and about six assists. Um, his shooting splits are pretty close to where they were when he did win MVP, and he had a 50-40-90 season, which is uh, shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and then 90% from the free throw line. It's been done very few times over the course of a season. So, but nobody's as good as his brother shooting 50, 50, 100. Some hot starts for the Curry boys. Uh, Yeah, they, Steph is, I think, a good pick statistically. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for him to win the MVP, though. For, For those who don't know, all of the NBA awards are decided by voters. Uh, there's a hundred voters who are all in the media who vote on all these awards. They pick their top five or their top 10 players, depending on the award. And every player gets a certain amount of points on every ballot. And whoever has the most points wins the award. So a lot of this voting is not statistically driven. A lot is narrative driven. Um, and the reason that a lot of people are picking LeBron to win the MVP right now not only is he having a good season, uh, he's averaging 25, eight and eight right now, but the Lakers are one of the best teams in the league. And typically in order to win the MVP award, your team has to finish in the top three in their conference. Um, most MVPs coming from a top three team. We've seen Giannis win it the last two years with the Bucks coming in first place. So Curry statistically should be in the conversation. Uh, the Warriors are probably going to finish somewhere between the six and the eight seed, but uh, Russell Westbrook, the Thunder were uh, a lower seeded team when Russell Westbrook won the award. So it's not impossible. But Russell Westbrook was averaging a triple double. He was averaging a triple double. There are some who would say that his uh, triple double was fake because a lot of players on that team were moving out of the way to let him get rebounds, but he did win it. Uh, on a lower seeded team. So uh, it's not impossible for Curry. I am uh, going to be a little bit boring. I'm going to pick LeBron James as well to win the MVP. Um, you know, to me right now, I think it's a three player race for MVP uh, between LeBron James, Joel Embiid, and Kevin Durant. Uh, I think if you look at those guys, their teams have uh, some of the better records in the league. The Lakers are in second in the West right now, the, uh, 76ers and Joel Embiid are in first in the East and the Nets just moved up to second in the East with Kevin Durant. Um, 
So they have the record. They have the stats. Uh, Joel Embiid is having a monster season, 29 points per game, 11 rebounds, 1.3 blocks, 1.3 steals. Kevin Durant also averaging slightly over 29 points per game with uh, seven boards and five assists. And they have the narrative, um, you know, Kevin Durant coming off of the Achilles surgery. He missed all of last year. Um, LeBron has the narrative, you know, he hasn't won one in a long time and he's one of the greatest players of all time. No. Um, (laughs) And then Joel Embiid as well, you know, he's never won one. So and Joel Embiid's putting up good stats, and Ben Simmons almost had a forty-point triple double. He was one rebound off. Oh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to Ben Simmons because he did that with Joel Embiid out. So they they have the that. narrative, but um, the question with Embiid, I would pick Embiid, but I don't think that he's going to play enough games. Um, he's been known to rest and not be in the lineup, like he wasn't in the lineup against the Utah Jazz the other day, uh, and KD. You know, KD is someone that could really give LeBron a run for his money if the Nets continue to get their stuff together, uh, which we've seen them do lately. They're like I said, they're now up to uh, second after getting off to kind of a rough start with uh, Harden, Kyrie, and KD. So, you know, narrative-wise, though, I think LeBron does have the edge. He hasn't won one in a long time, and now Anthony Davis is going to be out for a couple weeks. His yeah. uh, LeBron's All-Star running mate. So, I'm going to go LeBron. No, that's boring. I know you don't like LeBron. Marshall's glaring at me, but I would pick him right now. So what about the other awards? Who, who are you keeping your eye on for Rookie of the Year? Um, I would say Tyrese Halliburton. Since Buddy Heald's been uh, not playing as well, and he can get into the starting lineup and play a good role for the Kings. Finally get them an award in a while. Marshall... Uh, Obviously wants to come back on the podcast, picking a Kings player to win. Uh, I am a, I'm a longtime Kings fan since I was about probably Marshall's age. I've been rooting for the Kings and they have not had a lot of success. So he, uh, Marshall knows how to suck up to me to get back on the podcast, but yeah, Tyrese, uh, probably the steal of the draft this past season. He was drafted 12th overall by the Sacramento Kings. He's probably the steal and Obi Toppin was probably. Uh, busts in the draft averaging I think four points around there yes tough start for him um I think if a lot of people look at the rookie of the year race right now they probably go with LaMelo Ball he is averaging just under 15 points six rebounds and six assists per game now and he's starting for the Hornets that's pretty good for him yeah he's been he's been good he uh He's been kind of a breakout player, too. A lot of people had their doubts, doubts about him in the draft. Definitely. Uh, the last, like, five or something, he was averaging around 20 points. He's been good. Um, but I'm actually – I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards for rookie of the year. His splits are a little bit worse than Lamelo. He's averaging 14-3-2 right now. But the starting point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell, is going to be out for a couple weeks with a uh, lower body injury. And I think – Anthony Edwards, he's been playing really well lately, and now he's going to get an expanded role with uh, D'Angelo Russell going out. So I think he's going to be able to boost those stats up a little bit. But, you know, LaMelo's got a lot of buzz right now, so we'll see how those voters decide. You just make a pun because he's on the Hornets and their name is Buzz City. (laughs) A lot of buzz right now down in Charlotte uh, with those sweet Buzz City jerseys. I like those jerseys. Yeah, but never make puns. That's weird. What's your favorite? What's your favorite city jersey this year? Uh, the Suns jersey. Yeah, the Valley jerseys. Yeah, I like their uh, court as well with it. Yeah, those are pretty cool. So Halliburton definitely a contender. I'm going Edwards, but uh, you know, I think if the season ended right now, Lamelo would win. So actually, no. Uh, Anthony Edwards has moved up to number one yesterday. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> We've, you know, we may be onto something here, so we'll see. Um, what about defensive player of the year? I'm going Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. I think that's a solid pick. He's, he's won one before. Um, and like I said, all these awards are narrative driven and he's on the number one team in the league. He's uh, moved up to number one defensive player of the year. Like he's, he would get it today if they did that. Plus he's a big part of the Jazz's role of defense. He can play a little bit of offense, but he's, Really helpful for them on their defensive end. Yeah, he's been great. He's been great. He 
He's got just over 3.2 stocks per game, which is the combination of steals and blocks. Something to look at. And uh, he's getting 9.8 defensive rebounds per game. The only other player, I'm going Gobert as well. I agree with you. Um, I think he's he's been great for them this season. And he's got the narrative that he's on the best team. And if they finish the season that way, people are going to look at it and say, well, he's a huge part of their success. Yeah. You know? Unless Draymond Green. Unless Draymond Green. The, the only other player I would keep an eye on is Miles Turner in Indiana. I know you're going to look at me like I'm crazy, but uh, he's averaging 3.5 blocks per game right now. I was just about to say, he's the best blocker in the league. Yeah, he's behind Clint Capella. Yeah, well, he's, he's blocking more shots than Capella, but... Capella uh, got a triple-double with, like, 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 blocks. Yeah, that was a good game. That was a yeah. great game for Clint, but... Yeah, Miles Turner, 4.6 stocks per game right now, uh, combining his blocks and steals. So he steals a little bit, but only 5.5 defensive rebounds. Uh, yeah, I think only 6.5 rebounds overall, which is kind of weird for a center. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's weird, but he also has a bonus on his team who's been stepping up, getting rebounds and stuff. So he's not going to do as well. Maybe another guy who could be most improved player of the year, DeMontis Sabonis. No, he had a very good season last year. I don't think he can really – he'd have to average like 30 or something, a triple-double. Can't improve that much over a great season. Uh, what about coach of the year? Who do you think? Uh, I would say Monty Williams just because the Suns had that 8-0 record. Last year yeah, in the they, bubble, they were uh, ninth or 10th in the uh, playoffs. And I feel like they're going to move to like the 4th or 5th seed in – Kind of like the Toronto Raptors coach last year, how he won it. He lost his best player, but was still like a high seed for the team. Yeah, Monty Williams, really highly respected around the league too. Players love him. Um, he got a ton of credit for how good the Suns were in the bubble last year, and it was rightfully deserved. And they're off to a great start this year too. Yeah, they had so. a losing streak, but they been turning up. Devin Booker's actually playing how he's – Played in the bubble. Yeah. Good now. He's been great this year. I, uh, I'm going to go with Quinn Snyder, the coach for the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the Jazz in this podcast already, so I won't go back into it, but uh, best record in the league right now. You know, they've kind of been a middling playoff team, four or five seed for the last couple of years, and I think they have a legitimate shot to have the best record in the league. Yeah. So they have the fourth best uh, shooting guard in the league. Ooh. They have Donovan Mitchell behind. Um, Bradley Beal, James Harden, and Devin Booker. I think you might get some pushback on uh, Devin Booker over Donovan Mitchell, but, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell have different skill sets, but yeah. Devin Booker's been great. and Obviously, Bradley Beal is leading the league in points. So, yeah. Harden's kind of more like a shooting guard power forward whenever Kevin Durant's out. It's a, it's a weird team up there in Brooklyn. So those are the award picks from me and Marshall. Uh, now for the most important pick, the one that's probably going to get the most criticized when I get this wrong. Who do you think is going to play in the finals and who's going to win? I would say the Suns and Brooklyn Nets. And I would say it's probably going to be six-game series because I don't think the Nets have enough defense to stop Andre and they're going to get like those less like the first two games are going to completely destroy DeAndre uh, Jordan with DeAndre Ayton. So you're picking, who are you picking, the Suns in six? No, I'm picking the Nets in six. Oh, Nets in six. So you think it's going to go six because they're going to struggle against DeAndre Ayton, but then they're going to figure it out. They're going to end up beating the Suns. Yeah. It's a pretty good pick. I, uh, I wanted to pick the Nets to go to the finals as well. But the only I can't get over how are they going to stop Joel Embiid? Because Philadelphia versus the Nets is, I mean, it'd be a good series. Well, I feel like it's going to be the one and two seed, so there's a chance that Joel Embiid and the Sixers do not get knocked out. The only way I would say they would probably win the finals if Ben Simmons is at least taking one or two three pointers a game. It's a big task for Ben Simmons, but yeah, yeah, I I think the Eastern Conference Final is going to be. Philly versus the Nets. Um, I would love to see that because wouldn't you like to see Ben Simmons guarding Kevin Durant for a whole series? Ben Simmons guarding Kevin Durant? I thought he would guard Harden. Maybe. 
Maybe. I think someone like Matisse Thibel would guard Harden. I mean, but would they really start Matisse Thibel? He's such a lack of offense with Ben Simmons. It's a good question. He has been like, he's averaging, I think, two or three points per game. And the last game they played, he had zero points in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, they have Tobias Harris there as well, who's not a slouch on defense either. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I would really like to see that because I would like to see what Philadelphia would do defensively to try to take Kevin Durant out of the game. Um, my other worry about the Nets is James Harden's playoff struggles are well documented throughout the years. He, what's a good word for it? Chokes. He's horrible in the playoffs. He, he choked in the playoffs every single year. He chokes in the playoffs every single year. So, um, you know, if Kevin Durant is uh, limited in any way, then you're depending a lot upon Kyrie Irving and I mean, but James Ky- Harden. Kyrie Irving in the 2016 finals or whatever did amazing against the uh, Warriors in that finals game. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, uh, very good in the playoffs with Cleveland, very bad in the playoffs with Boston. Um, a lot of people may remember, especially my dad. My dad's going to remember this. Uh, they lost to the Bucks a couple of years ago. Uh, the year that Toronto won the finals and Kyrie Irving shot the Celtics right out of that series. He shot a eight for, I think eight for 24, three games in a row, something like that. So uh, yeah. So if they, if they can go up against a team like the 76ers and Ben Simmons can uh, limit Kevin Durant in any way, I think that becomes a really interesting series, especially because uh, the lack of depth in Brooklyn's front court going up against Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's going to dominate. DeAndre Ayton and those guys, not DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> my, my fault. So yeah. many DeAndres. They also have uh, Jeff Green at center. Yeah. That's just, center. I don't think Jeff Green is standing up to Joel Embiid either. So I think that'd be interesting. Um, and then in the West, you have the Suns. The Suns have been really good this season. They have a superstar in Devin Booker and they have uh, a leader in Chris Paul, leader in Chris Paul and some other great young players around them. Uh, Chris Paul, is another guy who hasn't gotten it done. A lot of people refer to him as the best current player who doesn't have a ring. Uh, I would say that's probably Giannis or James Harden. No. Those guys too, but uh, more because Chris Paul has had a longer career. and He's going to be, he's probably going to be a Hall of Fame player. and He may end up like, uh, you know, a Charles Barkley type who never got it done. He, his best chance was in Houston a couple of years ago. Uh, when they pushed the Warriors to game seven in the Western Conference finals. And then uh, Chris Paul obviously blew out his hamstring, couldn't play game six and seven. They ended up losing both. And then Warriors go on to win the championship. If he can stay healthy this season, which is a big if with his advanced age, uh, you you could be right. The Suns could have a shot. I mean, they also have Jay Crowder, who's been amazing for the Heat in the playoffs last year. Yep, so... A little more experience on that team than I was going to give them credit for. I was going to say my biggest concern is that they don't have a whole lot of playoff experience. Um, but Chris Paul's had a couple of good runs and Jay Crowder's there. You're right. So definitely a possibility. Um, in my opinion, there's five teams that can win the NBA championship right now. Um, this is obviously going to change a lot because the trade deadline is coming up in about a month or so. Uh, We could see some moves, and then there's obviously going to be injuries. And The five teams I have are the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the L.A. Lakers, the L.A. Clippers, and the Utah Jets with Donovan Mitchell, who is apparently the fourth best shooting guard in the league. Uh, You know, you brought up the Nets making it to the finals uh, and winning it, and I have them on my list, but with – one caveat, they have to figure their defense out. They've been very bad on defense since acquiring James Harden. They could trade Kyrie Irving for Trey Young. <laughs> they get better on defense, Marshall. We're going the opposite way with Trey Young here. Uh, and I don't think the Hawks are going to do that one anyway. But they uh, they did just sign the Nets signed Andre Roberson no idea who that the other was. day. Uh, Andre Roberson played for the Thunder when Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were there. And he uh, was there for a couple of years after that as well. Did he ever play with Jeff Green? Possibly. We'd have to look that one up. But he's a very good wing defender, which is what they need. kind of what they need. Um, I would like to see them get more depth in the front court too. So 
Brooklyn probably not making any more big trades this year. They gave up uh, four unprotected first round picks and then four pick swaps. Three? Uh, no, they gave up three unprotected picks. Three unprotected picks and four pick swaps uh, in order to get James Harden earlier this season. They also gave up um, Karis Levert and then Spencer Dinwiddie is obviously out for the season and can't be traded because he tore his ACL. So they don't have a lot of ammo to go out there and make a trade. Um, I think they are probably the number one team to look for in the buyout market. The buyout market, after the trade deadline, a lot of players who didn't get traded that may have big contracts, uh, the team will come to an agreement with their agent to buy them out of their contract and make them an unrestricted free agent. So Andre Drummond could be. uh, There's been rumblings that the Pistons are working on a buyout with Blake Griffin right now. Blake Griffin could, you know, possibly be someone who could be really good front court depth for the Brooklyn Nets. Blake Griffin used to be one of the best dunkers in the league, and he hasn't even attempted dunk this year. He's been more of a spot up shooter, which is not how he's been playing his whole career. Yeah, interesting, but someone who can still grab some boards and maybe make a couple shots for them. Um, you know, if he's playing with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, he doesn't need to score a whole lot of points anymore. But yeah. I'm impressed that you know that he was a great dunker too, because that was before your time. That was when I was like your age. You know, I play 2K, right? I know. I know. That's how Marshall Marshall has learned all about the history of the NBA through 2K, which is that's pretty much how I learned when I was starting out too. So you're definitely getting there. Yeah. Know the most about the NBA of any 13 year old that I know for sure. <laughs> uh, so my picks for the finals. I am going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers over the Utah Jets uh, in probably what's going to be the least watched finals of all time if it's those two teams. Uh, Like I said, Utah is a smaller market. They don't have the star power of one of the L.A. teams. Um, Or the the Suns as well. Or the Suns. Yeah, I, I wanted to pick the Clippers. I had 76ers Clippers before the season, but watching the Clippers this year, uh, they're the same team I watched last year. They're a team that is supposed to have elite defense, especially out on the wings with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and even Pat Bev. And they give up a ton of points per game. Um, you know, we all, if you watch basketball last season, you know about putrid P in the playoffs, Paul George, pandemic P, pandemic P, putrid P, any other word that starts with P for bad. Paul George was atrocious. Uh, in the playoffs last year, and they blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. So I don't think they're any different than they were last year, so I I can't pick them from what I've seen this season. So Yeah, they had that 50-point loss at the beginning of the season to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks Even if they struggled, scored the same amount of points, they still would have lost by one to the Mavericks. That's how bad they were at half for the first half. This is pretty tough. It was a pretty tough loss. Um, yeah, so it's it's games like that, though, that make me not want to pick them. They were down by 60 at halftime, I think, in that game. No, it was 50. 50. 50 at halftime. So they're the same team that we saw last year. I don't think they have what it takes to win a championship. And I think, you know, the other team that I mentioned that we haven't uh, talked about a lot is the L.A. Lakers. They steamrolled through the playoffs last year, but they got really heroic performances out of guys like Rajon Rondo and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, those guys were lights out shooting threes in the playoffs, which for Rondo is crazy. Also Uh, Dwight Howard in the finals shooting 100%. 100% from three, one of one. Yeah, a lot of those guys are gone now. And they, you know, they replaced them with guys like Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell's there. They don't have uh, the defense they had with the centers last year with JaVale McGee and yeah, like former defensive player of the year. Both those guys are gone, and uh, Marcus Gasol is there. The aging corpse of Marcus Gasol is there. Um, the Lakers, I think, are going to be uh, in the Western Conference Finals, but I don't know if they really have what it takes this year, especially if they can't stay healthy. Uh, Anthony Davis has had this reoccurring Achilles issue. You know, this has been a very Achilles-centric podcast. I'm struggling over here, but. He's had that Achilles issue that keeps flaring up. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks, uh, starting right now, actually, with some swelling in his Achilles. So it's tough. It's tougher. It's tough to do it two years in a row. We just saw Kansas City couldn't get it done two years in a row in the Super Bowl. And 
Yeah. So, yeah. So that was everything we had. You got any other thoughts on the NBA season? Any? Well, we didn't do our most improved. Oh, who do you have for most improved? I would say Christian Wood is a good pick for most improved. Now he's has a star role in Houston. As I mean, he kind of did last year for the Pistons, but they had Blake Griffin, and he wasn't really a starter or anything, I'm pretty sure. So now he's stepping up, averaging 20 and 10, which is pretty good. And DeMarcus Cousins isn't doing good now, so he has to definitely step up. Christian Wood, last year with the Pistons, after the trade deadline, he was starting for the Pistons, and he started putting up really good stats. Uh, so there was a lot of people who thought that he would get a big contract this offseason. Houston got him on a reasonable deal. I thought it was like $17 million or something. Yeah, it's not, that's not too bad for his production. So I'm actually going to agree with you. I think, you know, we talked earlier in the podcast as well about how a lot of these awards are narrative-driven because it's just writers voting for who wins these awards. Mm-hmm. Christian Wood's got a great narrative. He wasn't drafted, called his mom, and what did he tell his mom? When he wasn't drafted, uh, he said that he was a disappointment. Yeah, he said, "Sorry, I'm a failure," uh, and now he's making millions of dollars playing in the NBA, and he's playing great. Yeah, his girlfriend also dumped him the night he wasn't drafted. Now she's not going to be rich. Well, that's a, that's a good <laughs> life lesson for you, there, Marshall. Got to go through the tough times too. So, good luck, Christian Wood. We're both rooting for you to win Most Improved Player of the Year. I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon with you. Okay. So, all right, Marshall. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Good job. It was a good time. Yeah, good. I'm glad you had fun. Um, For everybody that downloaded this, thank you all for listening. Uh, Shout out to Wales again. My dude over there downloading the podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, You can find us on Spotify as well as numerous other places that host your podcast. Uh, Also hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. Thanks again, everybody. Bye, Mom.